it's a phrase plenty of meeting planners have heard before. Meetings are boring. It's a common, often unfair knock against business gatherings, but not totally unjustified. Sometimes meetings can be boring, unnecessary, unproductive, and viewed by many of the attendees as an opportunity to catch up on email. But it doesn't have to be this way. What causes a meeting to leave attendees feeling uninspired and checked out? And how can a planner ensure their event is never accused of being dull? For this episode of Eventful, the podcast for meeting professionals, we speak with a pair of experts on busting up the typical boring meeting. They offer tips on how to connect with attendees and create an event that will not only hold their interest, but have them talking about what they learned long after the event is over. This episode is sponsored by Win Resorts. Everybody has plenty of knowledge that they just don't apply. So how do you close the gap between a sense of understanding or the knowledge or information that people want to share in meetings and creating some kind of experience that has an emotional connection to that information and can really drive change? That's Lane Hensley, co-owner and head dream chaser of Odyssey Teams, Inc., who founded the company to create team building and CSR experiences for companies of all kinds. Well, the theme of boredom busting is like, what leads to boredom? And that's just when it doesn't feel personal. You know, people don't want perfection. They want connection, whether that's to the presenter or to the information they're presenting. And that's how you break boredom is you connect. You don't focus on perfection. You focus on connection. And how do you connect people to the training or the, the experience? Even if it's the budget for Q3, you know, how do you connect them to that, that budget and how personal it is to everybody? That's a great point. You can be talking about topics that are business related or are you typically think of as a dry topic, but if you can find a way to make it personal, that's going to cut through. Absolutely. Well, in the spirit of if any listeners out there go, how do I bust the boredom of my meeting? How often do you hear the, the financial guy step up there and go, hey, I'm sorry, but it's time to go through the finances. I got about 45 minutes and you know 30 <laughs> slides. So I promise I'll be done in 43 minutes if you listen. You know, it's like, the presenter isn't even interested in their material. You know, instead get up there and go, hey, I'm going to give you guys my very best of the finances of our organization, what we're doing. And instead of me just giving you a blah, 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 I'm going to give you got put you in teams and we're going to play a, a kind of game show and see which teams have the best guesses on how we did last quarter, where our profits were. And I'm going to ask you a question. You're going to give me your answers and then we'll see which teams are right. And then I'll reveal the information. And people are already like, what? You mean this is going to be interactive? And that's what presenters can do, but they just don't really try, honestly, because there's been so many lessons they've learned of like, all you have to do is have a fancy slideshow and you don't even need to practice before your presentation because you got slide notes and you can actually just click forward on the projector and then you can look at your slide and go, let's see on this slide, let's see, what was I trying to <laughs> tell you? Oh yeah, look at column 17, 17Z and I'm sorry, the text is so small. Uh, so I'll just tell you, we always work backwards from... Okay, at the end of the three hours, how do you want them to feel? What do you want them to have experienced? What kind of learnings do you want them to have? And once we get the, this is a perfect 10 as far as that takeaway, then we look at, okay, well, what sort of experience? We always say three things. What can we have them think about? What can we have them do? And what can we have them feel in that three hours that will lead to that, that outcome? And sometimes we have more stuff for them to think about and less stuff for them to do and maybe a lot for them to feel. 
And I don't mean feel like, oh, I'm so emotional, but feel like, whoa, this is serious. This is personal. I understand how this is going to lead to me seeing my kid's soccer game and getting a promotion or being a better leader. Or it can be excitement or it can be challenge. It can be, but we want to deliver those three components. What do we need them to think about? What do we need them to do? And what do we want them to feel? And then those three things used in the right formula then lead to some small or big change for each individual in the room. So we work with our clients to understand what's that takeaway, what's that perfect 10, and then we give them our formula. Uh, And it's so powerful once you get them engaged in the experience and you as the presenter aren't pulling the whole wagon, you know. Uh, That's when it it gets to be fun. We call it participant-centered. So once we get the participants to understand they're at the center of the presentation, they look... Cut out every slide you're not absolutely passionate about. Look at every piece of information you want to share. And is there a way to engage your audience into either discovering that information or experiencing that information? And then make no apologies for your presentation. And there's no throwaway words. As soon as you're on stage, it's started. You know, how many times do you see a speaker talk for 10 minutes and then go, okay, you guys ready to get started? And I'm thinking... <laughs> You already started. Like, what was that first 10 minutes? So share what's in your bones. You know, the stuff that you really get is the stuff they're going to get. And how many times do you hear an hour presentation with 50 slides? And then if you interviewed people walking out, say, what'd you hear in that presentation? They're going to remember one or two things at the most. And if you've given them 1,500 pieces of information and they're only going to remember two, Figure out which two you want them to remember and just nail those or 10 things. Eliminate everything that you could have just emailed them. What are some ways to shake up the format even? How can education and information be conveyed in that very dynamic sort of way? You have to increase people's appetite to be uncomfortable when they're at a meeting. If you give people a choice of a path of least resistance, they're going to take it unless they have a really strong why of being uncomfortable. We know people gravitate toward what's comfortable. So you got to convince them that being uncomfortable is part of the formula to a better life and better work. At a cellular level, when I'm planning a session, I would advise everybody to do this. When you walk into a meeting room, you can set the space to be in your advantage. If you've got plugins at every table because you expect them to plug their computer in, you're already like, why did you even fly them there? If you don't say, hey, put your phone away. We don't want to see your phones out. Like you have to, there could be like teenagers though. Oh, really? Anybody? Hey, you've all got auto response. You have a great excuse for not getting back to people. Put the phones away. Don't plug in those computers. We didn't fly you across the planet. If your chairs are all in straight rows, you know, and you got like the, the classroom style, you're already setting up a very military structured looking environment once people walk in and they're expecting a PowerPoint with structured military download of information. Like you've got to understand that sort of Zen of how do I create a space that people feel like they're included, even angling the chair slightly, putting them more toward the front, recognizing how do people sit from the front to the back, knowing they're going to sit in the back of the row. So there's all kinds of things you can do. Do your name tags only have their name on one side? And of course it flips to the side with no name all the time, like 80% of the time, put their name on both sides. So there's all these structured things you got to do. And then once the session starts, invest time early into having them, you know, find a partner and talk about what you sacrifice to be at this meeting and what are you hoping to get out of it and share that with a partner. 
Take some of those report outs. Put those on the flip charts. What are the sacrifices people made? Get a sense of the of the personal investment that those people have made to be there and then what they want to get out of it because that's the return on the personal investment. The company spent, you know, 50,000 bucks to fly them there, however much to bring us in or whoever. That's the financial investment. But, but people don't care about that. That doesn't affect them. What affects them is I missed my, my wife's in the hospital and I'm here. That's the kind of stuff. And get that out of the way at the beginning. Connect us as people. And then start to show how we're connected through the organization. Where we do a lot of, you know, find a partner, answer a question. Okay, get in a group of four, answer the same question. Okay, now a group of 10, talk about the same thing, and then now share that to the whole group. Because once everybody has said something or contributed, they got to find their voice. Otherwise, you know, when you're a kindergartner, you raise your hand, bam, you're, you're all in. When you're in the, a senior in high school, you're like sitting in the back going, just, I just want to survive. And when you get into the business world, you're like, you know what? There's 300 of us in this room. This meeting would be fine without me. You have to go, no, this meeting would not be the same without you. You're in this small team. We've asked you a question that's relevant for all of us. We want your input. Here's the creative way we're going to get that input. And then we're going to collect, you know, there's like word clouds and stuff that come up on the screens and those are cool, but people have to learn to find their voice in a small group and then see that voice, make it to the large group. And they need to see that a few times to start to really believe that you value their, their individual input. And the bigger companies get, I do a lot of stuff with Oracle, you know, like 150,000 employees. It's pretty easy to get lost out there and go, eh, I just work here. And if you got a huge percentage of your company just saying, eh, I just work here, that's a big problem. Creating opportunities at that meeting where they're in small breakouts and it has to be fast paced. You know, okay, you guys have 15 minutes to answer this question. Okay. And, the team of five that we put you in. Okay. And then we're going to report those out and then share that to a neighboring group. And then, Hey, once you have that, put that on the bigger board and tomorrow we're going to go over these things. Is there anything else you think should be touched on when you're talking about breaking up uh, the typical boring uh, meeting? Well, I think everybody's probably heard the quote. People don't remember what you say, but how you make them feel. And everybody's like, Oh yeah, that's a great quote. Maya Angela, that's awesome. But do they really believe that? And if they did, just think about your meeting. You go, okay, if they're not going to remember what I say, but how I make them feel, then I got to have them feel something at this meeting. What is the story that they're going to tell? And be really clear that I want them to tell a story that's lined up with the vision of this conference or meeting. We love to come in and do our philanthropic programs or do even our experiential keynotes because you can't expect to be the best in the financial part or you're a leader in your company. You might not be the most dynamic speaker. That's all right. Our job is to, you know, use shine theory. And we come in and we make you shine. You know, we don't want your people to go, Lane, you're a great speaker or that Odyssey person was amazing. We want them to go, yeah, that Odyssey guy was amazing, but thank you, Bob or Sally or, or for having them here and reminding all of us why we're here, you know, and, and really helping drive that emotional memory toward the leadership or the vision and values of the company. Whatever reflexive patterns you have as a meeting planner or as a leader, challenge those reflexes. See if it's driven out of comfort or, or habit, or is it really driven around shaking it up the way that you need to shake it up to create a new opportunity for your team and for yourself. But it requires taking risk. You know, it's such a huge investment of personal and financials to get people together. Pressure's on. Deliver your best. Expect greatness. So just don't do it. 
Diane Devitt, founder and owner of the DND Group and author of What Color Is Your Event, has decades of experience in helping clients deliver their best and cut through the noise of a typical gathering. One tactic she has found effective surprise them. What is a small surprise element that's going to wake people up from a sensory point of view? I'll give you a quick example here for time. So I had a planner come to me. She was planning a meeting for a new managing director in a, a very well-known financial company. We spoke about all of the, the, the whys, the wheres, the what needs to be accomplished and why, literally what needs to be accomplished. She said he just basically wants to wipe the slate clean, Diane, start anew. Well, that triggered my concept to then provide each of the 12 people attending this meeting with a little blackboard at their seat. And we literally wrote on ch- with chalk, wipe the slate clean. Well, the managing director loved this concept. He incorporated it into his welcoming address to people. And the whole day and a half of the meeting, the highest level in the company, in the firm, was all based on the written word. So we have little Scrabble letters, little children's blocks, calligraphy on parchment paper. So you talk about a creative approach to designing a program. It can go from that level to looking at an agenda for two or three days, looking at the overall theme, analyzing the name. Setup of a room is critical to aid the planner in a non-boring meeting. And I'm not talking about any investment here, Alex. You do this with existing furniture in-house. How you use the existing furniture, uh, you know, mix it up a little bit. Theater style, rounds, high tops, however you decide, but have a symmetrical setup that gives people the choice where to sit. And that helps it not be a boring meeting. But the one thing I do want to throw out here is the use of color and the use of sensory items. Color is a language. If you're going to use a linen, be deliberate of the linen. It's keeping with the theme, keeping with the clear topic, but also that that topic is relevant to somebody that's there. They know what they're doing at that meeting. You're, you're emphasizing through sensory experience, through color, through the setup of the room, what the point of that event is and what they're there to learn. I'll give you another example here, Alex. So I was producing a meeting for sea level, the chairman was speaking, maybe one or 200 people. And I said, well, what's the topic? Can I see his speech? One of the phrases, one of the sentences that he said was, I'd really like a team that can walk and chew gum together. Oh, that's just, <laughs> again, that was my trigger, trigger word. Now the company logo and was red. I sent my, my team out. And we bought every pack of, what is that, big red gum <laughs> that we had yeah. uh, that we could get. In the time that the presentation was being made before the first break, we had gone to the business center and typed little index cards. You now, here's to a team that can walk and chew gum together and had gum all over the breakout tables when the doors opened. Now, when the CEO comes up to you and says, how did you do that? You just smile. I want the planners listening to to take it seriously, like what the content is, what needs to be accomplished, and how they can give that little spark, that little surprise, which would take it from boring to brilliant. 
It's making it interactive. It's saying this isn't just you passively sitting there taking in the information. You're actively taking part in some way, even if it's just popping a stick of gum in your mouth. But there's something that you're having to do. People absolutely need interaction. They need to speak with one another. I mean, that's why you're at a meeting. You know, you're, you and I are at a meeting so that we can forge our relationships as well as take away content and, edu- and be educated. Uh, and I think that that's critical with, with any meeting is to make sure to leave time for an exchange and interaction and handshake. You know, that's important. Yeah. And what about something like a, like a contest where you have, I guess, sort of that competitive aspect or some sort of reward that someone can earn? I imagine that's a good way to get people to kind of pay attention. Everyone loves prizes and everyone loves to, uh, to be rewarded for something. Never make that gift something you can't buy in the dollar store. Whatever prizes it is, just keep them fun, keep them simple, and keep them inexpensive. Because when you get into that, you know, that 500 and the thousand dollars and the newest techno, you know, the newest gadget out there. You can get that excitement of a contest without having pricey prize. It can be just something Uh, symbolic. Yes. It can be symbolic. It can be, look, I'll give you, let me give you a little simple example here. I did a a meeting at a very famous toy store (laughs) a, a few years back. This was the third day of a three day uh, very high end, very high end. And when I tell you people left with cars and vacations and they were very well rewarded for their work. And at this event, we had a little, little scavenger home. People walked in, find a bag. And, and in that bag was a yo-yo and a couple of chocolates. Now I had people come up to my desk who just were awarded cars and vacations, telling me they did not get a yo-yo. You know, people are very funny when it comes to gifts. How you have a contest and how you legitimately plan it is the secret to its success. But that does introduce an interesting question with the the unconference, with putting the planning almost back on the attendees, maybe opening up by saying, what do you guys want to talk about? And, and maybe in breaking out into groups where they sort of guide the meeting. So how do you sort of strike that balance of, of having that creativity of something like an unconference without totally going off the rails? The way I'd like to see these run, it, you have an unconference. It has to kick off with something at the beginning, some kind of keynote, some kind of direction, almost like a, a start line at the racetrack. And say we had a, a situation in the company where there was downsizings or reorganizations or something to do with that, that's pretty serious. And there might be a lot of issues with people like, am I going to keep my job? Will I have health benefits? That may break out into different roundtables of discussion, which is how I see this unconference folding. And then you take the, the result of that and you then compile it for some kind of resolution at the end of the day. That's how I see these unconferences unfolding. Uh, how, what do you do with the material that comes out of these individual conversations? To get people to share and to be open in a non-threatening environment takes a very long time. So that information has to be respected. You can have an unconference 
But even having a lack of agenda is an agenda because you need some kind of information to take from that. You want to have that, great. But what are you accomplishing with it? What's the outcome? What's yeah. the end goal? What's, what's your action item? What's, what did you want to achieve by all of this? Or yeah. are we just going to sit around? And again, I think there's a threat of a lot of wasted time. If there were critical words that you and I had to discuss, reorg, buyout, insurance. They said, okay, for you know, a half an hour, everybody dump your thoughts about a certain topic on it. Great. Let's do that. But then let's share that information and act on that information. It just doesn't become more data that's stored somewhere for perpetuity. Quick opposite thought is that I worked on the Clinton Global Initiative years ago. Here you have speakers, heads of state. Um, was it organized? Of course it was organized, four different topics. But for the most part, a speaker got up or panels got up. But then there was all this unscheduled time for the people who were there to just meet and talk about that topic. So that goes back to sort of the TED Talk comment I made before. It's great. Have an unconference. Have information come out. All information is good information. If it's cold and it's focused to an objective or goal. Is there anything else you think should be mentioned or underlined when it comes to just shaking up your meeting, getting it a little more fun, cutting out that boredom? Yeah, I think the one thing I just want to leave everyone with is enjoy the process and realize that being a planner is one of the biggest privileges I think anyone can have to be able to bring people together, to have the responsibility for them from transportation to food to, to being together. Your responsibility is just like if you had a child. You know, and I'm going to make the analogy. If you're watching kindergarten age children, you've got to keep them busy. You've got to keep their attention going. You can't turn your back for one minute. Approach your meetings the same way and make them so dynamic that people say, oh, so-and-so is planning that meeting. I'm not going to miss that. You know, there's always so much to learn, but thanks so much for your time. I appreciate the, the discussion. Thanks for listening. This episode was brought to you by Win Resorts. Please be sure to review and rate Eventful on iTunes and subscribe for future episodes.